0: Welcome to The Battlefield Show, I am Scott Gibson, your Commander-in-Chief, guiding you through the battlefield of life. You know what you're here for, no more messing about, stick the tape in, hit the track, Onwards! Episode 18 of the Battlefield Show. How the fuck have you been, team, since I spoke to you last week? Oh, man. Bring on the X Factor. How the fuck have you been, team? Episode 18 of the Battlefield Show. Thank you as always for listening. Everyone who's got in touch, everyone who commented on the previous episode, what a fucking week it's been! If we're no surviving one storm, we're getting hit by a fucking, arguably more brutal, Storm denise Dennis, Denny, the big D, is blown in, and what a fucking mess he's made. now, Obviously, here in God's own country, Scotland, the vast majority of us have remained safe. Um, I say safe, safe compared to some parts of England. Now, I know there was some videos out that Dundee was a wee bit flooded, but, I mean, the people of Dundee have webbed feet for a reason. Yeah, nah? If a part of the country is going to become slightly waterlogged, then the web feet people of Dundee are, are top of the list to cope with such a situation. Most of the time, when the weather does hit, um, it's England that seems to get it. Uh, a record number of flood warnings, from what I understand, were were issued. And I saw, I think, listen, I was watching the news, as most of us do uh, the last couple of days, or the last few weeks anyway, just keeping a drift of what's happening with the old Lacaronia virus. Um, we'll talk about that at some point later on, but certainly the, the, the flooding that was on, it's nothing new, right? Every year, especially the way the weather's going, England seems to be underwater. Is it funny? Listen, I'm not here to say, you know, that we should laugh at these things, but, you know, sometimes it's a bit funny, you know. There's an old woman being rescued on... I want to say a dinghy, but it was... It's the shittest looking dinghy I've ever seen in my life. And, I mean, to be fair to the news guy, right, to be fair to the news guy... And, and I, I have I have touched on this previously there, where I do think the world's changing, where I think we're kind of moving away a bit more from this kind of softness of, you know, just accepting that people are idiots and, and maybe actually start to call them out on their idiot behaviour. You know, because there would have been a time when an old woman, a pensioner, who was trapped by the rising sea waters rising you know to maybe two and a half feet but it was, it was rising nonetheless and uh, she's rescued and a news person would have gone in with all the empathy flowing from the poles and said, "My God, you are just saved her oh, thank goodness. Uh, everything's okay and you know tells your story and if you can possibly cry on camera then that might get me a studio job instead of being out here in the fucking pissing wet but this guy actually said to you know um what do you think of the the people who rescued you and she said the usual and they're fantastic what they've done saved my life a bit bit of a stretch I mean if she'd lay on her back she could have floated to safety but you know they they, and in a way they saved her life and the follow-up question was, can I ask why you waited in the house so long when you were told, you know, that, hey, your sofa's going to be underwater? And I thought, fucking right on, mate. Ask her. Why have you waited in the house, then? When we've told you the street's fucking Atlantis? And our response was classic. I just I just didn't think it would happen this, this quick. Fuck. You know? <laughs> There's a real... Is it an arrogance or is it just a kind of... Maybe it is an arrogance of some old people that are like, we're, fu- we're fucking going nowhere, Betty. We fought and died in the war for this country. You were born in the 60s. It does no matter. My father fucking died for this country. And I'll be damned if I'm leaving because there's fucking flood water. Fast forward two years. We've lost everything, Betty. See, if... See if you buy a house on a on a flood plain, right? D- do you are you even allowed to be shocked if it floods? I mean, I saw I saw a thing on the news the other night um, talking about the, the weather because people always get angry with the weather, right? And and I just wish I think that's the final frontier of honesty. Within kind of daily reporting. It's for me to go and let's go to Carol with the news. And Carol's just standing there with a pint and a fag on the go gone. I don't know. I don't know. Look out the window. Look out your fucking window. That's how you tell what the weather is. Especially in this country. Especially in Scotland. As I sit here just now and record, I am a mere five minutes out of recording. I do a wee bit of prep. A wee bit of prep. Ten minutes at the start to kind of get set up, right? And within this space of fifteen minutes or so, I have gone through three different weather patterns. We've gone a beautiful blue sky to sleet, and now it's grey and pissing rain. So how the fuck is Carol, right? Who just wants to find a rich second husband so she can get the fuck off the telly and settle down? That's all she wants, man. You know, a woman in a hurry. She just wants to be travelling. Right. How is she meant to tell you to the fucking minute what the weather's gonna be like? Nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows. And now they're talking about investing hundreds of millions. Again, because nothing just costs forty quid anymore. Everything's a hundred million. Anything the government wants to do. See if you are any way, you know, a contractor or a business that... perfect. I mean, surely you're just constantly chasing government contracts. If you're the guy, or woman, if you're the company who, like, even provides stationery, fucking bin liners, you're the company that sends toilet paper to the government. Boom. 500 million. <laughs> it's the, the figures they just pull out their arse and they The Met Office, the glorious people at the Met Office, are trying to create this new computer system or build this new system that will allow them to basically drill down to a 100 metres square. So they'll be able to see exactly to a point of 100 metres squared what the weather will be like across the country so that they can give a bit more warning as to things that are going to happen, whether it be adverse weather, things like flooding, things like high winds, you know, anything that could affect... I would imagine businesses or or people's lives, they will be able to give you a further response to it. But it's not going to stop it, that's the thing, do you know what I mean? Nobody's going to come on BBC Weather and go, listen, see if you're in the G14 to the G52 postcode, I tell you, get get everything upstairs, because your fucking cat's going to drown. It's not going to stop the rain happening. I wouldn't have much confidence in these flood barrier things that are saw going up either. Fucking bits of tin that are getting super glued together at a 45 degree angle. <laughs> fucking hell, man. People need to start building houses on stilts. That's it they got to start then. Build your house on stilts and fucking live up the stairs. Anything that's valuable. Keep up still, And also, this is the other thing I you know. You know there'll be people. Because, fucking, hey. Man, Leslie done it. I'll never forget it. It stuck with me to the day I die. There'll be people coming down to the flooding. You know, it's halfway up the skirting board. Ah, oh, we've lost that IKEA rug. Janet, that was 112 quid for IKEA. Gone. Ah, oh, the memories. They'll be upstairs grabbing laptops and fucking Kindles, launching it down a flight of stairs out of the water. We can claim that! <laughs> I remember our, our fridge went... I don't I forget it. Our fridge went... I do what happened to our fridge. Nowadays, fridges don't necessarily go, you know. Fridges have become certainly, I think, in my lifetime, arguably the safest household appliance. I can remember not long ago you, you, you wouldn't dare go on holiday without turning your fridge off, you know. Or you might come back to the fucking gable end of your house missing. Fridges were... Fridges were a dangerous thing back in the day, you know. I don't know if they were working for the fucking Lira or something, but ah, uh, you wouldn't. Have. Hey, you couldn't leave your fridge for forty-eight hours unattended <laughs> without the, the risk of it exploding. No, nowadays you'd, fuck, you'd fucking go. hey, I am gonna away at the end of the month. We're going to Amsterdam for five days. Will I be turning my fridge off? Well, a fuck, I'll know even. And here's how. Here's how safe fridges are now, right, I can even leave stuff in my fridge, unattended, while I'm at the country, you know, I can say to the fridge, mate, we're, we're away, we're going to the down for five days, big man, I've got it covered, I've got it covered, you leave the crispy tofu and the oat milk in here, I'll fucking, I've got it covered. On a side note, I'm sitting watching. The football match last night, Manchester United Chelsea, wonderful win for Manchester United. Um, still extremely frustrating to be a Manchester United fan, but are the glory days coming back? Probably not. But it was a good win. Um, and it was half time, and I was going to turn over to check out some news or check out some Sky Sports news, and I says to the message that you want to watch just now, and uh, she got up and says, "No, I just need to go and turn my tofu over." And I thought that is the most middle class thing. That's the most middle class thing anybody has ever said in the fucking life. <laughs> Getting a lunchy sorted for work—is there any way to watch? No, I need to go and turn my tofu over. <laughs> fucking hell! Oh, but yes, fridges are uh, amongst one of the uh, safest household appliances. Now they've got their act together, you know. Like I said, there was a there was a time when we we all slept in, a, in our beds and the knowledge that there was a a potential bomb feet away from us in our kitchen. You know, it could go it could go at any point. Huh? Pensioners terrified to go to Blackpool for a fortnight in case they turn to find that the fucking Fridge freezers exploded, taking out half the street. Now fucking leave it running, man. Leave it running. Um, what the fuck was I talking about? I so she she claimed for our fridge freezer once. Um, I don't know what happened. To it broke or a power cut as well. Fucking, there's no no. I know the no good power cut in a while. I saw a post the other day on online someone and it's like, people who were born in the noughties, what they will never experience. And it was, you know, usual fucking bullshit writing. I mean, if you're born in the noughties, the things you probably never experience, getting leathered off your parents, one, and a blackout. Blackouts used to be a fucking, a rare time. You'd wake up in the morning, the, the alarm at the side of your bed says midday, flashing away and you're going, the fuck's happening, oh, power cut in the middle of the night, knocked the alarm out, I don't know the last time I had a power cut, again, hats off to the government of the times who fucking got their shit together, but I saw so a fridge went, stick to the fucking store, Scott. got fridge, went, claims a fridge, and uh, it, it may have come up in conversation around, you know, what was the contents of the fridge so that we can reimburse you, and of course... Uh, the bold Leslie claims to have had fucking wagyu beef inside a salmon in the freezer, you know? Yes, the fridge is worth 500, but there was six and a half grand worth of contents in the fridge. You know? <laughs> so the, the weather has been. Um, it's been bad, man. It's been bad. It's been wet, it's been windy. Uh, I think Sunday night was as bad as the weather I've seen it take the tour manager out for a walk, it was like, are you fucking kidding me on, it was it was a kite, the duck was a kite, he had, he was airborne, <laughs> and that was, he had his wee jacket on, right, because it was pissing me right? I don't want to get the fucking, the way, wet, you know, and uh, I don't know if it became become too looser in his neck, but the wind got into his kind of wee, his wee gilly, his wee puffer jacket, and he was fucking inflated, <laughs> <laughs> the dog was inflated walking down the street he was not impressed he was not impressed with the weather at all but uh, I suppose you just got to kind of batten down the hatches don't you it passes relatively quickly and I, I don't I, I don't imagine this will be the end I think this is I mean we were sold we were sold a lie on global warming no one really told us the truth you know we, we all expected I think when people were first Really discussing global warming. I mean the ozone layer, that used to be a big thing. There was a hole in it. Is there still a hole? You know? You only might be using aerosol cans. Remember they days? Everybody's still spraying Lynx Africa. That's a fucking secondary school dance. Who knows if there even is an ozone layer? I don't know. Unless people talk about these things in the news, I don't know anything about it. But we were sold a lie, man. We thought we were gonna get summers in fucking January. You know? barbecues in November. And the people of Scotland were on board. We were on board with it. I mean, we were on board with the idea of recycling, doing our bit for the environment, protecting the earth that we inhabit, but we were also on board for thousands of years of grey sky and rain. And hopefully maybe Something would change and we'd start to get an actual bit of summer, but no, all that's happening is adverse weather. Snow, rain, high winds, constantly. So, Storm Dennis has fucking done his bit, man. England's underwater. People have lost fence panels. But I hope you stayed safe out there. If you've you've been affected by Storm Dennis, then hey, I apologise. I apologise, it's fucking up. It's fuck out today with me. But I hope that you've been... I hope you've been alright, team, in the last... in the last week. A lot's gone on, obviously, um, in the last week as well and over the weekend. I'm sure many of you... I, I mean, I don't imagine there's anybody in the country now who isn't aware of Caroline Flack taking their own life. It's something that has... It's kind of, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's affected me, it's certainly been in my mind since I heard the news and uh, it was shocking, it was shocking. Um, just the way in which, you know, different media outlets report it, um, because I don't think it should be reported as a as a, her passing, um, because the woman took her own life. You know, and I, and I think that I think the use of language is a very, very important subject just now, and something that we need to start looking closely at how things are reported, the language in which we use to report these things. And I've I've thought about this a lot. I've thought about what what I wanted to say on it, what I was going to say, and uh, it's a difficult one because. The thing that keeps ringing in my ears is 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 some of the kind of i suppose what would be regarded as traditional left news outlets reporting as her her passing And, and i think it's important to remember that she didn't she never died in the sense that you know she passed the woman took her own life she she committed suicide and it's important that that is remembered not in the wrong way, but in, in the sense that a young woman, because she was 40, right, that's, that's no age at all, a young woman who had a, a career ahead of her, an incredible career in, in, in media, was pushed to her limits and beyond by people in this country, by the media in this country, by the CPS, and she felt that she had no further option. She had no further outlet. She couldn't continue to suffer the way she was, and she she took her own life. And it, it's shocking, and it's shocking, and it, it's also shocking to see the. Vast, false outpouring of grief from a number of people involved in the media. A number of people who I have the misfortune of knowing personally. People who will post things to the fucking cancer that is social media because they want to be seen as being, you know, finger on the pulse with the in-crowd and i imagine at the same time berating agents because hey there's an opportunity here you know get me on radio get me on telly i'll talk about mental health berating agents to send showreels off to possible employers because now there's a gap in the market It's a a disgusting time that we live in. The rise of social media, the the fall and the failing of traditional journalism. I do a bit at the end of each episode where we look at news items. And and I do so because, one, I find some of the news items quite funny, but two, uh, it's also a piss take because... The stuff that makes it into news is either things that, you know, don't need to exist in the world, or just bile and hate. There is a, a kind of a buzz sentence just now that's gone around where people will say, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. And kindness will only get you so far. Kindness is uh, as as, as one of those things where it's it's shocking to me that we are in a time where we have to remind people to be kind. You should be kind. That, that shouldn't be something that has to be reminded of you or forced upon you. You should be kind to people. But sadly, that's not the case. That's not the case with the vast majority of people in this country, in the world, the vast majority of people who we know. It's not the case there's a whole push just now for don't buy the tabloids don't buy the sun that's not it's not that's not going to end it's not going to stop people will continue to buy these newspapers people will continue to buy these gossip magazines people will continue to click on these clickbait links That are abusing people, that are spreading lies, that are spreading hate, that are spreading hurt. People will continue to look at them, to spread them, to pass them on, to comment on them, to build on the lie, to snowball it. People will continue to do that because there are a lot of horrible people in the world. There are a lot of fucking cunts in this world. Each and every one of us will know them. Each and every one of us will know people who manipulate others, who hurt others, who abuse others, they do it for their own gain, some of them even do it just for pleasure, because they're just a nasty person, I cannot remember the guy's name and I apologise, I I should have had his name, but he was I believe Caroline Flack's uh, dance coach when she was on Strictly. And he was on Sky News and I happened to see the clip that had been replayed over and I thought for the first time I have seen someone who has genuine anger for what's happened and that is what you need. We need a mixture of empathy and we need a mixture of anger because that is what gets things done. And he said, uh, talking about the comment of, when we live in a world where you can be anything, be kind what he said was I don't want you to be kind I just want you to shut your mouth and that's it the majority of us are good people the majority of us are nice people you'd never go your way to, to intentionally hurt someone but we need to kind of take a step back on it and look at it in a, in a you know in a bigger context in the sense of if we spread lies about people if we spread gossip about people it's hurtful it's hurtful to them It might not be a physical pain, it might not be anything that you're even aware of, but you will hurt people through your actions. If that is then blown up to the scale of mass media, and someone who is in the spotlight and who is hounded by the press to the extent that Caroline Flack was, it can drive people to suicide. And we just need to take responsibility for our actions. And it's easy for us to cop out of it and say, well, you know, it doesn't affect me or I'm not directly involved in it. But we all are in some way. We all are. It's time for people to be kind to each other. Of course it is. But it's time for us to fucking cut the bullshit. It's time for us to change as people. It is, man. It's gone on too long. There's too much that is affecting our own mental health. It's affecting our own happiness that we can control. The fact that most of us will have people on social media feeds who we we dislike, who some of us may even have people who you're afraid of. You know, you're, you're afraid to disconnect from them. You're afraid to unfollow them. You're afraid to block them. Because they may start, they may give you shit. They might start, you know, lying about you, rumours about you. It's better, this whole concept of, hey, it's better to be in the tent pissing out than on the outside pissing in. Do you know what? It's better to set fire at the tent and fucking burn all the cunts in it. How's about that for a bit of logic? You've got to remove this negativity from your life, man. You've got to remove it. And it's the only way that we can kind of try and get back to being happy. Try and get back to that level of normality. If you've got people in your social media feeds who who not only bring nothing to you, who, who, who drain you, drain you emotionally, drain you physically. We all know these people. Remove them, man. Get rid of them. And listen, I understand. I understand. I had, I had two people who, who I can think of. Comics. And I know for a fact that if I unfollowed them, not only would the shit hit the fan, but I would get fucking screeds and screeds of private messages from them. As if, have I done something wrong? Why Why have you unfollowed me? Is, that, is everything okay? And you're like, just fuck off, man. That in itself is a form of abuse. These people, they're not happy people. And you can't fix them. It's not your job to fix them. It's your job to focus on yourself and be happy. That's your only job in life. We, we we push on ourselves this kind of constant idea of looking at the world as a big picture. You've got to start with yourself, man. As Michael Jackson says, no, you've got to start with the man in the mirror. <laughs> start with the man in the mirror. It eh, didn't work out for, well for him. Don't have sex with kids, right, is the other message here, but start with yourself, sit down, remove these people from your life, remove them from your feeds and if you're saying to yourself, look, I don't see them in real life, you know, I've just got them on there, it's not, it's not a big deal, it is a big deal, get rid of them man, if you see a post online and you take that post and you share it with friends privately and you bitch and you moan and you gossip about that post, that's not healthy. It's not good for you. Just don't do it. Just remove them for your life. Look at the friendship group you've got. Is there people in your friendship group who who are draining? I, I had someone in my life, uh, thankfully they're not in my life anymore, I don't have anything to do with the person, but who... They used to call me, and I'd be on the phone for them, for maybe about an hour, and this was another comic, and I'd be on the phone each time for about an hour, and when I came off the phone, I can remember, I would put the phone down, and I would be physically drained, because all this person would do would be to offload on me. They'd give me all their bile, and all their hate, and all their gossip, and all their bitching about everybody else, and why they weren't getting this and why they weren't getting that and why is this person getting it and what's happening to them constantly and I would would try to reassure them because I thought we were friends and then I realised I am getting nothing from this relationship and there's no relationship there anymore I have nothing to do with the person and it's hard man it's hard to disconnect from that but it's the only way to do it You've got to look after yourself. You've got to look after your own mental health and your own happiness. Because before you know it, very quickly, you can either become one of those people or they will just consume you, man. And it's fucking draining. If you've got to be online, if you've got to have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and everything else, there's some fucking wonderful people online. There's some amazing content. There's some... You know, interesting designers, artists, musicians. Fill your, fill your feed with fucking this stuff, man. Fill your feed with, you know, joy. Fill it with happiness. Fill it with good stuff. Most of us will go on, and that's the first thing we do in the morning, right? We check our phones. It's the first thing I do every morning. I open it up, and I go Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I go straight to Messages, I see if there's been any messages, and then I go to my emails, and I see if there's any, 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 and I get on quickly when I get up and get started work but if you are sitting scrolling through these feeds every morning and it's making you angry because the stuff you're seeing you got to fucking change man you've got to fucking change I think what happened to Caroline was an absolute tragedy I think a lot of people failed the woman it's just an absolute tragedy what happened to her it really is and we are aware of it because we're aware of Caroline's fame we're aware of the work she did but there will be people who we don't know have taken their own lives there will be people now as I'm sitting here recording this will have taken their own life because of some bullying campaign some smear campaign some fucking shit that people have made up It's got to stop, man. I don't I don't if I'm honest, I don't know what we do. Um But I think if each of us just takes control of what is in our own life and what we are exposed to, I think that will be a huge step towards it. I really do. I think it'd be a huge step towards it. Try and be responsible for your own happiness and just consider as to what you allow in to your circle. And also think about what you put out there as well. I don't know, man. Sad, sad news. Sad, sad news. And if anybody's struggling with anything, you know, reach out to someone. Reach out to someone. Talk. Speak about your problems. Don't keep it bottled in. And it's hard to do, man. You know, it took me a fucking long time to talk to anybody. But uh, look after each other, man. Let's just be nice to each other. What a loss! Right, sorry, to be a bit of a down on this one team, but it's uh, it's one of those things where you know I don't really know what to say about it or how you can approach it because it's just such a it's such a sad loss. But hey, life goes on, man. You know, world keeps spinning. We've got to learn for these things. Yeah. Let's just be good teacher. Right, let's move on with this fucking episode, man. Let's do some listeners' questions that we failed to have on the last episode. Um, and there's some, fucking, there's some fucking belters this time. Um... Good questions, man. These are getting good at questions. We're still getting the odd one or two. What one of the fucking golden girls would you shag? We're still getting those questions coming in, right? And I understand that. I understand that my comedy net is vast, okay? I understand that. Not only am I getting a few Guardian readers in there. Hey, I'm, I'm scooping up a couple of Daily Sport readers as well. All are welcome at the Church of Gibson. All are welcome. I will treat you no different, my brethren. But all I'm saying is, if you're going to ask questions like, what one of the golden girls would you shag? I'm not going to answer that question, right? It's Blanche. We all know it's Blanche, but I'm not going to go there in depth. But hey, all are welcome in the Church of Gibble. Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, people have got in touch across the fucking board scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk you know the fucking website by now all the links are there facebook scottgibsoncomedy twitter and instagram at big scott gibson now someone who got in touch on instagram jude smith jude what a question mate it's kicked off recently in the news jude has asked reclining in aeroplane seats okay or not now I imagine every single one of you has been on a plane. And some of us may even have been lucky enough to not have to sit in the fucking shit economy seats in our life. But the majority of the travel we do will be in those fucking battery hen chairs... Well, I mean, the, the, the space you get now in an aeroplane is fucking, is disgusting. It's disgusting. And I think that we can all agree, uh, as a collective, that it is wholeheartedly unacceptable to not only recline your seat on an aeroplane, but to move that fucking bastard one millimetre past the upright position and I'll tell you this right now for a fact a fact if you are sitting in front of me in a plane you can try and recline that seat all you want that fucker will not move an inch I've had it twice that I can remember in fact three times I'm lying on a flight where someone in front of me has tried to recline the chair and I have simply put my hand on the headrest, pushed the chair back up, and said, loud, loudly enough, that they will hear, not loud enough to cause a scene, because we don't need to cause a scene, but I've said, not today mate, and that gets the question over, you know, that that's them, that's them, oh, hey, I've been cocky enough to try it, they've called my bluff, it's no happening, now, if you get, a fucking cunt right let's just call them what they are if you see if you're on a plane and you recline your seat you're a fucking piece of shit cunt right you are a bag of human waste that's what you are you are saying to everybody else in that plane i am a bag of human waste right so if you encounter one of these cunts and they put your seat back, they recline their seat, so you now effectively are sitting in almost a fucking hairdresser's position, like you're washing their hair at a sink, right? Smother the cunt. Smother the bastard. Get him in a fucking headlock, put him to sleep, and then put his chair back up. That's what you do. Or just eat your dinner off his head. <laughs> think it's uncommon now I don't know if the video that was going around was wasn't uh, an American flight because you know Americans you know fucking cunts human waste it's a thin line there right I certainly would never recline my seat on a plane ever because there's just no space I mean the space you have in the seat alone is fucking shocking if you then recline it you're taking away 60% of the bastards breathing space behind you you just wouldn't recline your chair you just wouldn't do it Almost now it's more of a novelty. If someone was to recline their chair in front of you, you'd think, fuck, I thought all these people died out. But look, an actual human cunt is in front of us. And then you fucking rattle their chair back up. Now if you are listening to this and you are thinking, hey, big man, I recline my chair, then you're wrong. You're a piece of shit. Don't recline your fucking chair. Don't recline it. Just keep it fucking upright. And pray that you get a bit of tailwind and you get home quicker, fucking reclining your chair, man. It's amazing to think these people still exist. Air travel is, is one of those things where since it has been created, it's gone backwards almost. You know, I can remember once flying to, we we're going to America and we flew, we Air Canada and we went via Toronto, right? And when we got on it, I can remember jokingly saying, this looks like something that a airplane, right, the film, like it was an old, like tin looking fucking American plane, right, like a really old, old plane, and we were laughing going, fuck me, we're, we're, we're flying in a relic here, see we got on that thing, it was like a fucking palace, the space, the space on this fucking plane was unreal. The, the seats and this was economy this isn't any no this isn't turning left fucking through a velvet curtain right you're getting a fucking blowjob in a packet of nuts this isn't first class this is economy but they just had so much space between the cha- the seats the seat was big you know I, I fitted in the seat not a problem space there was even space in front of you I remember being able to I normally I sit window right because I can put my leg kind of up the, the curvature of the plane. Because you need to spread your legs, right? If you're a big guy, you can't even fucking sit with your legs together in front of you. Because there's so little space. And on this plane, sitting very comfortably, space to maneuver, you could even pivot. You could pivot like a fucking god. Talk to the person next to you, there was space in the aisles. And I remember thinking, this is what travel used to be like, comfortable. You know? And then fucking Stelios and the bastard Ferainer came along and went, Listen, we could get an extra fucking 600 seats jammed into this bastard, charge them £5, pound, make it up in the overheads, if you want to sneeze a fart in the plane, that's 50 pence, we will fucking make a killing. And now everybody's jammed in like a fucking battery hen, you're flying four hours to a shithole in Spain for some fucking holiday that you actually can't afford or don't even want to be on. And then you've got a prick in front of you, clean a chair. I don't think so! Not on. Jude Smith, thanks for the question, big man. But I think we cleared that up. Absolutely no fucking way. She's the a chair. Glenn Cunningham, another Instagram legend. Glenn, thanks for getting in touch, my man. Uh, Pancake Day is coming up, as Glenn has made me aware of. When's Pancake Day this year? Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday. Is that a, is that a thing? I imagine just making it up. Shrove Tuesday, Pancake Day, twenty twenty. Boom. When is it? Tuesday twenty fifth of February. I'll oh, be in new gaff by then. Oh, can't wait to fucking get in this new house. Cannot wait. But a space, man. The bastards, its just getting all Do you mean start to pack stuff up so there's fucking crates in the house you can't move? You're wearing the same pair of knickers for fucking two weeks because you don't idea do washing. It's just that difficult time. Tuesday, twenty fifth. Shrove Tuesday, Pancake Day. Uh, and Glenn has asked uh, ultimate topping for your pancake, Glenn. First of all, mate, you know I love a food question. You know I fucking love a food question, Glenn. Pancake, um... I mean, the classic, you know, is obviously sugar and lemon. It's a classic, right? You may say a crepe Suzette, but on pancake form. You no, know, some people need to know the difference between a pancake and a fucking crepe, all right? Some people need know. I think if you're making it at home, and you go for a wee skinny pancake that's kind of bordering into the fucking crepe situation, I'm no minding right? But I think we need. I think people need to understand what, what a pancake is and what a crepe is, because a lot of people are serving up crepes claiming to be pancakes, and then you know, what I mean, hey, if we're gonna to start to get a bit tighter on language and how we address things, I think we need to say, listen, fucking Margaret, that's a crepe, hen. Right? That's a crepe. Well, I'll let it slide. Toppings for me, I think when you're making them at home, if they're fresh and they're hot, you might just go, listen, a wee basic bit of butter, you know? I don't think you can go wrong with the classics for the first couple. Lemon and sugar is always a favourite. But I think if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna make the pancakes, right, I think you wanna go No, you go jam, right? You can't go wrong with jam. A bit of raspberry jam. A raspberry jam on there, mate. Oh god, now you're talking. But we have been to a place called Scran in Glasgow. I went to the weekend. We drove all the way through for Edinburgh to go to Scran for some brunch because Recently voted uh, the best cafe in Glasgow, which it is, without a doubt. I would probably even go as far to say that it's the best in Scotland, if not the UK. And even though it has its negatives, and the only thing that's negative about it is the size, it's tiny, right? I wish to God they would have a fucking bigger space, but that's the way it is. So even the fact that you need to queue up to get a table, because it's so fucking busy. The food that they do is, I mean, phenomenal doesn't even begin to cover it. It is sensational food. Now, now it's brunch, right? It's variations of eggs, Benedict, uh, a couple of specials in there, pancakes, french toast, that kind of thing. Stuff that if you know how to cook, It's easy to do. But so many places fuck it up. Because one, they don't care. They want your money, they want you in, they want your money, they want you out. The food in Scran is fucking sensational. And it's the consistency. Every single time you go, the food is amazing. Every single time. There's never been a time when I've gone when it's been shit. And that's the problem I'm finding just now in Edinburgh. I'm struggling to find a place to go for brunch or go for a decent breakfast, because every time I find someone, I think, hey this is okay, I go back, and it's shit, the second or third time, round. the consistency isn't there, or the staff are fucking assholes. I found a place in Stockbridge, that was nice, it was alright, it was expensive, it was far too expensive for what it was, but I thought, fuck it, do you know what, I'm going to have to pay a bit more, one, because it's Edinburgh, two, because it's Stockbridge, and it's the only place I can find that's decent. Went back a second time, wasn't as good. Went back a third time. Not only was it shit the third time, the fucking attitude of the staff is awful. But Scran is sensational. If you're in or near Glasgow, get to it, man. Get to it. It's in Deniston, right? But one of the things that they had in there once that I tried was a variation of French toast that I've also had in pancakes. And it was maple syrup. And then a kind of Nutella Mascarpone Cream. So effectively, cream cheese, with Nutella mixed through it, and then blueberries and fruit and different things, and fuck me, I taste sensation. So if you're looking for a possible pancake topping, Glenn Cunningham, on Instagram, that could be a fucking shout, mate. Nutella mascarpone, oh my god, I fucking want that now looking at uh bbc good food website for some potential um topping ideas another thing is if i'm doing pancakes right i'm i'm st- i'm sticking strictly to, to the sweet okay i'm no one of these people that goes i'll have pancakes and i'll have uh, bacon and sausage. or bank that's no uh, no my thing right i'm sticking i'm sticking sweet Possible options here mate, chocolate, peanut butter and banana, oh yes, the classic crepe Suzette, can't go wrong with that, blueberries, basic but it's good, you know, basic but good, somebody's put in here rhubarb compote and vanilla creme fresh. I mean that's getting a bit wanky, that's getting a bit wanky. But I don't think you can go wrong with the, crassip, the, cl- the, crassip, the classic crepe Suzette, mate. Sugar and fucking lemon juice. Bit of butter. Don't even go wrong with that. Chocolate peanut butter banana. Fucking yes. Good bit of jam. I'll give it a shot. The Nutella Mascarpone. Oh, God, that was fucking tasty. If you've got any good uh, pancake recipes or toppings, fucking get in touch, man. Get in touch, just as big fucking Glenn did. On the old Instagram, drop was a message, fucking love it man, I want pancakes now, I want fucking pancakes now, let's go to Facebook man, Stuart Kyle, uh, good listener, Uh has got in touch, thanks Stuart, Stuart has asked, is it mental to have an Instagram account for your dog, Stuart it is not, it is not, and I know that the bold Stuart, has an Instagram account for his dog. Um, I think it's at Elvis the Dog or Elvis the Dog on Instagram. Check it. Out. He's a fucking cracker, the wee guy. Absolute wee cracker. Um, no, I was I, I did a, a bun supper event last month, and I was working with a guy who does like kind of I don't know, show manager. You would probably call him. And he's an actor as well uh, and he's worked with the people who run the event unique events in edinburgh for, for a number of years done a few things with him and he helps out during the course of the the month for the festival and he was he was telling me that they've got a wee french bulldog who's got his own instagram account and the fuckers has got more followers i mean that that's when it, i know for a fact if i was to do an instagram account for the tour manager right the fucker would have more followers than me in a matter of weeks I know that Instagram right if you're a dog or a cat or any kind of animal or a bird that gets her bangers out or fucking flings her hips when she dances whatever it is right you're gonna get the followers okay it's basics right I don't think it's wrong to have an Instagram account for your animals I think it can be quite good and quite funny Um there are a number of animals who I follow on Instagram um, I suppose there's probably people you could classes as animals as well but I like it I think it's good it's good when the people who are doing it actually take a bit of time um, so they talk about the animal in the third person it's quite funny some of them even have catchphrases eh? my furry friends fucking the bold Elvis but no I don't think it's, it's weird and I'm sure all of us enjoy nothing more than a good animal video um, on social media I've recently enjoyed the wee uh, hamster that's terrified in the corner that made me chuckle <laughs> I've also enjoyed the many voiceovers that the hamster's been given so no um, get if you're on Instagram as I'm sure most of you are give uh, Stuart's uh, Doug a wee follow at Elvis the Doug because uh, he's a wee fucking bilter uh, and I'm sure one day him and the two manager will get together and do a podcast of their own who knows um, right let's do something for Facebook uh, as well uh, even though that was for Facebook Scott fucking get a grip yourself. yourself uh, what have we got here what have we got here another foodie man yes yeah, Stephen Barton thanks for getting in touch big boy Stephen has asked is getting a burger when out for dinner a waste of a meal whoa Stevie boy I know where you're coming from mate I know where you're coming from, um, and I think a burger is is that is that one item that would put doubt in your mind if that is the right way to look at it. You you would never you would never go out for dinner. No, obviously Stephen here is meaning in a, a, a restaurant, right? like like a, a decent restaurant, if you're going out, because burgers are the one item that went through a kind of foodie trend you know in the last couple of years where burger restaurants were fucking popping up everywhere and suddenly even very high end restaurants were offering you know a a gourmet burger and it's one of those food items that I think ties across everybody we've all had a burger we've had a good burger we've had a shite burger And it's something that you can, it's something that you can kind of order safe in the knowledge that you know what it's going to be. But it is the one thing that kind of puts doubt in your mind going, is, you know, am I wasting my money by getting a burger here? Now, if you're out for dinner, right, I don't think it really matters what you're ordering. If you want something on the menu, you get it, and that's it. The odd thing is, is a pizza. I I, I often think uh, a pizza is a kind of very basic food, but you would never order a pizza in a restaurant and think, "Is this a waste?" You know, because I can get a pizza at home. But you would do it with a burger. It's it's an odd, it's an odd thing, Stephen. It's an odd it's an odd question you've asked. Well, it's not an odd question, but you've opened up a can of worms here. But what I would say is, mate, no, I don't think it's a waste. I think if you want it, you get it. And if you're in a if you're in a nice restaurant then you could have one of the finest burgers that you've ever had, you know? It's one of those dishes that I am fascinated by them. Um, and again, it's because I'm interested in food and I love food, right? If you go on YouTube, there is a channel called First We Feast. First We Feast. And it's uh, there's a whole lot of different cooking programs on it, different food shows and it is, um, they've got a show on it called The Burger Show. And I think the guy's name is Calvin. Big, massive uh, kind of Hawaiian, someone-looking guy. Huge big guy. He runs a, a restaurant in a, in America. Um, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but he's also got a brunch place, which is called Egg Slut, which I think is a fucking brilliant name for a brunch place. But they do this show called uh, The Burger Show. They've got some celebrities on it, different things, and they... They make different burgers, but they've, they've got a guy on it who has written a number of books on the history of the burger, right? Again, American, they're obsessed with this kind of stuff. But the the show in itself is, is interesting because it starts to look at things like the diner culture in America and how it started and slider burgers and how they started and, and, and people who have claims to, to creating the first burger. Now, America's good at taking things and claiming it as their own. You know, or Americanizing stuff to make it their own. Um, there's no way America's the Americans were the first people to ever put a beef patty between two bits of bread. They certainly were never the first people to um, put sauce and toppings on a piece of bread and bake it in an oven, call it a pizza. They were certainly never the first people to do that. But America has this way of taking something and almost building a culture around it and it's a great show because it talks you through the history of different burgers um, different recipes where they're from listen if you want to kill a bit of time watch it the burger show it's great but on that you definitely start to look at ways in which you can take a dish or take an item and make it very high end or bring it very low end so I don't think mate that a burger is a is a cheat um, again, again it depends on where you are You know, it depends on where you are. If you're in a a decent restaurant or a high-end restaurant and they've got a burger and it sounds interesting whether it be the toppings they've got on it or how they do it, go for it, man. Fucking try it. But if you're in, like, a Frankie and Benny's or a fucking, I don't know, just some kind of shite chain, maybe no go for the burger at that point because take a look in the kitchen and ask yourself, are they chefs or are they cooks? Is that someone in there who's sitting down with a team, compiling a menu and building dishes, or is that someone who is defrosting some mince, mashing it together and cooking food to then fucking churn out? Right? That's maybe the way you look at it. So I don't think it is uh, a cop-out, I don't think it's a waste of a meal, depending on where you are sometimes you just like a fucking shite, greasy burger, you know I love a Five Guys man I know some people think Five Guys is shit but I think I think Five Guys is a pretty a pretty decent burger and and burgers are one of those things that you can't hide behind, you know I've been to a few burger places who claim to specialise in them and again it goes back to what I was talking about with Scran something as simple as a burger if one thing on that falls, the whole thing falls apart, you know? So if you've not toasted the bun right, if you've no cooked the burger properly, if you've not got the toppings right if it Disney bars, it can all fall apart. I remember once, me and Mal, going um, for a kind of catch-up to talk about an old live show, and we went into one of these burger it be at BGR or something? One of these, you know, that bit in Glasgow where there's like a fucking burger corner in every restaurant, a burger corner in every restaurant, a burger restaurant in every corner, and we went into one and, and Mal had been in in Mali then before, and we ordered these burgers, and they went because it was like six pound on a lunch menu. And it was shit. Right? it was shit. It was nothing that you couldn't make at home. So I think if you, I think if you're doing, if you're going to go for a burger and you're going to make that your dinner, especially when you're on a night out. You want to make sure it's something special, but but I don't think that it's a cop out, mate. I don't think it's a cop out. But thanks for your question, TV you, boy. Let us know how was the burger. You know, no, no, I'm hungry. No, this is what happened. I should have had some food before I started recording this because now I want pancakes and I want a burger. I tell you one thing that I've seen. That the thought of it turns my stomach. I see people who take a a donut, a Krispy Kreme donut. And they use that as a burger, man. Get get out of town. That's a hard no for me. But, nothing wrong with a good burger, man. Fucking mate. See, now feel feels if like I need to go and get a burger for somewhere. Anyway, Stevie Boy, thanks very much for your question. Uh, and thanks to everybody who got in touch. There's a whole load of really good ones. Uh, Chris Ashton, Yes, asked a good question, mate. I never got rid of that. I will use that uh, at some point. Uh, Sammy Backey on uh, Instagram another good question as well I'll get around to that in another episode and uh, Ian Mac, 24 I'm definitely going to look at your question mate at some point as well so don't worry but thanks to everybody who got in touch Instagram, uh, Twitter, at Big Scott Gibson Facebook, Scott Gibson Comedy go to the website, scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk. sign up to the mail list, follow the links and uh, yes, we will do more of these on another episode but thanks to everybody who got in touch Right, let's, um, let's start to fucking bring this bastard into a close, shall we? Um, episode 18, thanks everybody for listening. As always, um, if you have friends, family, colleagues who don't listen to the podcast, spread it with them, man. The numbers are growing each and every episode that we release. And thank you, generally from the bottom of my heart, for all your support, for you continuing listening your comments and your feedback. Um, but please do share the podcast. The website is the best place to get all the links. You can get the podcast on SoundCloud, which you can subscribe to the channel, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. um, Simply go to both of those apps, search for The Battlefield Show, and then hit subscribe, so you'll get them into your feed as soon as the episode drops. If you don't use Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you're a fucking idiot, but you can also get it on Acast, Stitcher, uh tune in radio iHeartRadio, radio all the fucking places where you get your podcast you can get the battlefield show on there and um, tour is continuing we have done two dates two dates sold out the next one february 23rd this coming sunday at webster Theater in inner broth if you are in or nearer broth please do get your tickets there hopefully we can sell that out and keep it fucking rolling but we will see it's always a wonderful night up there just good people man see i think the more north you go big cities like the west anywhere on the west coast of scotland's a fucking good laugh Uh, and then you get you get Do you know the only bit of scotland that's odd man is is the east the lower east see kind of edinburgh down that coast at the borders Basically, the closer you get to England, right, the more fucking stuck up they get. But, up north, up that east coast, Arbroath, go down to Dundee, you in, come into kind of and Dumfries, you go as far out as Aberdeen, Elgin, Peterhead, all these places, man, brilliant, and always a great night in our both, because it's a fucking beautiful space, man, it's a great wee room, staff are incredible, the people that run the theatre are just lovely, so if you're in broth or near it this Sunday, February 23rd, go to my website, scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk get your tickets there, or go direct to Webster's Theatre, and you can snap them up. Um, also, if anybody is up that neck of the woods, I really want to come up to Peterhead where tour show. I've not been to Peterhead in fucking years, man. I would say six, maybe even seven years since i've been up there to do a show um and the last time it was just a club gig that we did and it was a fucking brilliant laugh man so if anybody's got some decent venues or knows of a nice space and peter headman get in touch and i'll try and bring a show up there but like i said february 23rd webster's theater in our the broth after that march 21st we go south to the junction in cambridge another fucking brilliant gig um, and then we roll on through to June so get on the website, get your tickets and I'll hopefully see you on the battlefield all that's left to do the now anyway, it's some fucking mental news from the arseholes at the Metro so let's do the news and play the jingle! Today's headline. Mom regrets fake tan. Woman finds mixtape. And two asses go for a walk. Well, as always, hard-hitting... News stories from the world's favourite free, shitey newspaper, the Metro. Um, Everything that's going on in the world. Tragedy of people taking their own life through abuse from the media. Abuse online. People dying at the hands of a virus. People trapped on a fucking cruise ship. A cruise ship. And the Metro has decided to go with a breastfeeding mother, a mixtape, and two fucking donkeys. Let's read on, man. Let's dive straight in to the very first story. And, of course, it's back to the fucking legend of shite media, Richard Hartley Parkinson. Oh, it's good to have you back, you fucking vapid, soulless cunt. We read on. The headline reads breastfeeding mum regrets fake tanning every part of her fucking body oh dear god i've not read the story i've simply read the headline the people who are listening to the show for the first time we discover these news stories together so you can get my honest and sometimes angry reaction to these fucking shit news stories there is a picture attached to this as always of a mother holding her child to the right hand side and then a picture of the baby lying down with a face that looks like he's either eaten someone's arse or has tanned a fucking egg either way he's he's got a wee brown face let's read on a new mum says her son was left looking like homer simpson when she homer simpson he looks like a fucking minstrel homer simpson was left looking like Homer Simpson when she breastfed him and forgot she was covered in fake tan. So she's fake tanned her tits and then she's breastfed the Wayne and now his face is covered in fucking fake tan. One, that can't be good for the Wayne. And two, do, do you fake tan your tits? <laughs> I, oh, I'm asking for a friend here. Obviously, Mama says, goes to the sunbed. Uh, there'll be an occasional top up of a tan for a night out very occasional where it may be a, a mitt I believe is the technical term will be applied to the areas where skin is showing to give a, a more brown uh, coating uh, I don't imagine coating is the correct term to use for fake tanning but ladies do you fake tan your tits? Why, why would you fake turn your tits your tits aren't in show, are they? and if you're going to say it's because I'm going to and I might get a cuddle say if you come home with, with a partner and they, they you go into the boudoir for a cuddle nobody's going to walk out go, because your fucking tits are milky white The fucking Wayne's face, man. Right, uh, Kezia Josvinik, 20, was getting ready to go out for a meal with boyfriend James Smith. Would you have uh, a burger, Kezia? You know, is it a waste of a meal? Who knows? Uh, when five-month-old Raf needed feeding, she said she went into autopilot and started feeding him without realising she was leaving marks all over her face. I mean, to have left that much tanner, she fucking must have mashed her tit at the boys' cooping. Kezia said, when I looked down at Raf, I just burst out laughing. I couldn't believe the tan had left his mouth looking like Homer. Raf was asleep, so I thought I could squeeze in some tanning time, but he woke up starving mid-tan. As the first indefinite last time I feed him with my tan still on, I hadn't actually occurred to me that the tan could transfer it onto him. I took a picture and sent it to my girlfriends, and then the fucking papers, because you make it 50 quid, and they were all laughing as well. Everyone is it hilarious, and my mum rang me in tears when she found it so funny. How, how is this news? I mean, this is how most of these things obviously are. Kezia usually tans once a week in a place. Why are we hearing about the woman's tanning fucking situation? It took an hour for the panicking mum to remove the hilarious tanning feel from her baby's face. She's probably poisoned the fucker. She's probably poisoned the bastard. Kezia said it took me a good hour to get the tan off his face properly, but he found the whole thing hilarious. I used baby oil and baby wipes. As he looks shiny and he looks shiny and clean after <laughs> Shine bright like a diamond <laughs> The mother goes on to say Fortunately Bondi Sans tan is really good for your skin. No a fucking baby skin hen I've never seen a Bondi Sans tan tan advert the television but I don't imagine there's fucking wains kicking about with a beautiful Bondi tan God, hey it's good for your skin I use baby oil and baby wipes and they look shiny and clean after fuck me <laughs> uh. just remember all oh, the heartache and pain that's growing the world and we're looking at news stories a breastfeeding mother who covered her way in, in fake <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, next news story uh, by Zoe Derwitt, um known to us now. Uh, she's moving up, she's fucking challenging old Richard Hartley Parker for Top Spot on the Shite Journalist Awards. Headline reads Woman who lost mixtape on holiday finds it twenty six years later at Art Exhibition. Who fucking cares? What? A woman who lost a mixtape she had made on a family holiday in Spain in the early 90s randomly found it while visiting an art exhibition in Sweden more than two decades later. Stella Weddle was just 12 when her homemade cassette featuring hits by Shaggy, UB40 and the Pet Shop Boys. (laughs) What a fucking mixture that is. Shuggy. I was a man, you be 40. And the Petrol Boys was lost in either the Costa Brava or Mallorca. She was convinced she would never see it again. I mean, it's a fucking tape. It's a tape. She was convinced she would never see it again. It's not a child, right? She's not escaped Western fucking Berlin. We a newborn infant and it's been taken off by the of fucking Gestapo, right? And then 25 years later, I, I never thought I would see it again and I've never been reading it. It's a fucking tape. In 2017, it washed up on a beach more than 1,200 miles away in the Canary Islands and miraculously still worked. How do you know that? How do we know? Also, who's finding a tape in the ocean and then sticking it in a cassette player? Second question, who the fuck's got a cassette player? Oh my god. Artist Mandy Barker from Leeds specialises in marine photography and is currently touring an exhibition on plastic pollution. She found the tape on a beach in Fuerteventura and sent it off to a professional audio restorer who was stunned to find it worked. To be stunned to find it still played. Mandy included the cassette as well as a full track listing in her exhibition Sea of Artifacts. All this is telling me is one art is a pile of shit. Last summer, the exhibition made its way to Stockholm, where Stella from Berlin, oh eh. She did fucking escape Berlin, happened to be visiting on a holiday tour of Scandinavia. She noticed the track listing with the tape and something jogged her memory. Wait a minute, I used to listen to Shaggy. Unbelievably, she realised the cassette tape was hers. So does she get to keep it? Who knows? Stella said when I was reading the track list it seemed very familiar. It was not me, it seemed very familiar. So I took a picture of it and compared it with the original CD from 1993, which I still have. So she's got the fucking CD which she on a bit of tape for. This woman's an arsehole. And it was exactly the same track list, but starting with track three. I remember that I didn't like the first two songs. I remember that. I fucking hated them. I always made tapes for my CDs so I could listen to them on my walk when... Stella emailed Mandy and said, Listen, you thieving cunt, that's my fucking tape. She emailed the artist and said, It was an astounding chance for Stella to walk into my exhibition and recognise her tape. Who fucking cares? But what they have done is they've given us a full track listing from that 1993 CD. And let's look at the first two tracks that she did not like. Track one, Somebody Dance With Me, DJ Bobo. Who? Track two, Would I Lie To You, Charles and Eddie. Fucking good tune. Would I lie to you, babe? Would I lie to you? Now she says she starts at track three. Because that was her favourite. And track three is the Jungle Book Groove. ...by the Disney cast. Have a fucking word with yourself. Rock with you, inner circle. Do you see the light snap? One love, Dr. Alban. More and more, Captain Hollywood Project. Oh, Carolina. My love. Jumping back. Oh, Carolina. Oh, my love. Shaggy, tracky. What a fucking tune. The key, the secret, Urban Cookie Collective. It keeps raining... Betty McLean, Summer Summer Loft, Never Let Us Lick Away Undercover, Power of American Natives, Dance To Trance, Iron Zion, Lying On, Bob Marley and the Wailers, Sweet Harmony, The Beloved, Give It Up, Cut and Move, Go West, For The Pet Shop Boys, Runaway Train, Soul Asylum, Falling In Love With You, UB40, and Mr. Vane by Culture Beat. What a fucking 20 track CD that is. There you go. A mixtape, lost at sea, washes up on the beach, restored, a track list printed, stuck on a wall, and somehow that's art. That's more of a story than a fucking cassette tape being washed up on a beach, is how the fuck does that class as art? I do not know. And I don't think I'll ever need to know, because I'm never going to have enough money to accept that that's art. yeah? know? Nah. These are just for fucking middle class twats. Right, final story. We're back to the legend. RHP. Richard Hartley Parkinson. Headline reads, Pair of romantic donkeys escape for secret Valentine's Day walk. Wow. Here we go. Two donkeys out for a romantic stroll on Valentine's Day were rescued by police after they strayed onto a country road. Passing motorists called officers after spotting the animals wandering side by side in the darkness on the B9024 Good Road near Turriff and Oatwell, Aberdeenshire. At around 2am on February the 14th, police intervened. Thank God, police. And the donkeys, which were wearing rugs to keep them warm, were taken back to the safety of a field. PC Mark McLean said, We were called out around 2am to the B9024 between Turriff and Fortree." after a Morris found two donkeys enjoying a romantic Valentine's Day stroll along the road. Myself and PC Joseph Yeoman, because there's no way one of us could have just done this with the phone fucking two coppers out, were happily to guide we cunts back into safety and in their field and home again. Officers tweeted a picture of the animals walking along the road and another of them standing near a house, using the hashtag Keep Donkeys safe the officers wrote on social media we thought as if it was Valentine's Day we would have an uneventful shift until we came across two donkeys out for a romantic stroll on the B9024 near Turriff both back in a field now both safe so there you go if on the morning of February 14th near Turriff you were being robbed, assaulted or burgled, please at least take comfort in the fact knowing that the local constabulary was putting two donkeys back in a fucking field and taking the time to take statements from the donkeys and to post pictures online. My god, what a fucking shower of you the Metro is. There you go team that's your news stories for another episode Uh, breastfeeding baby looks like a minstrel after it's force fed a tit washed up mixtape somehow qualifies as art and two donkeys try and escape on Valentine's Day but are dragged back to the horror of their prison by two of Aberdeen's finest that's your news for this episode Episode 18 in the bag team as always thank you for listening thank you to everybody who got in touch for your questions thanks to those who got in touch who I wasn't able to read them out but I will get them on another episode you can be assured if there's anything you'd like to ask questions or topics to discuss get in touch website scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk. all the links to social medias are there uh, Instagram and Twitter at Big Scott Gibson, Facebook at Scott Gibson Comedy Drop us a wee line and I'll get it on one of the other episodes As always, help grow it man If you've got any friends, family, colleagues who don't listen to the show give them a wee nudge get them a listen and subscribe Soundcloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify it's the easiest way to get new episodes into your fucking feed um, That's it tour dates coming up this Sunday February 23rd Webster State at Abro then March 21st Junction in Cambridge if you're in or near either of those two venues come along it's gonna be fucking great look after each other be kind if you find any cunts call them out remove all fucking hate from your life and let's start to try and have a bit of happiness thanks to everyone again who listened who got in touch i appreciate everything you do team uh, i will hopefully see you on a battlefield very soon take care of yourself stay safe be happy On.